The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. Here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss some consumer marketing trends from one of the biggest agency owners in the United States. Joining us is Eric Huberman, who is the CEO of Hawk Media which exists to give established and burgeoning businesses access to best-in-class marketing services to help them exceed their goals. And today, Eric and I are going to discuss consumer marketing trends for 2024. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Eric Huberman, the CEO of Hawk Media. Eric, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Always good to be here. Always one of my favorite conversations. It seems like at the beginning of the year, I know it's February when we're recording this, but normally you're like early January, we go over our, hey, what's going to happen this year? And we're a little behind in scheduling, but I still want to hear your thoughts. Quick bio, Hawk Media, large agency. You started it, I think you were bootstrapped to begin, and now you're expanded into, I know that you're doing some venture capital. You just acquired a brand. Uh, Give us the quick overview for anybody who isn't familiar with Hawk and your portfolio of businesses. Yeah, we got rated late last year, the top performance marketing agency in the country. So we worked with 681 brands last year. We've got a little over 200 people full-time at Hawk. And yeah, we just focus on being the best at what we do. And how we do that is we're AI enabled. So we've built our own AI system, took us eight years to build that's digesting about 8,000 companies, marketing data, revenue data, and media data in real time so that we can adjust based on how the market's moving and actually have immediate insights into what's working on all our campaigns that we're running. And then on top of that, we have our venture fund that we've invested in at this point, 94 different companies, mostly MarTech, EcomTech, commerce enablement. So basically the tools that power what we do, because I do feel that you're going to win mostly on technology these days than anything else when it comes to marketing. And so really invested heavy into that space and then been doing it a decade. We've got an incredible team. So marketing powerhouse over here. You're modest beyond belief. I think a a marketing powerhouse might be selling you short. One of the best agencies I have had the privilege of running into. You also made a big acquisition, one of multiple acquisitions, but you're getting into personal branding. Tell us a little about the big news that's your recent announcement. Yeah, we acquired an agency called Simply Be. It announced it at the beginning of the year. And I've always found personal brand to be a great marketing channel. And that's how I think about it. It's like a lot of people, I think, think about the vanity side of it. And, oh, I can build followers and have a presence and be a pseudo celebrity. And it's like, that's not the way we think about it. We think about it as this is another opportunity. You can brand a person and leverage a person differently than you can leverage a business. A business can't write a book. A business can't speak on a stage. A business can't do certain things that can get the name out there, drive trust the same way. People like seeing the face behind the brand, all that kind of stuff. And so for the right partners, 
we just find that to be another great part of the marketing mix that really, you know, when you're looking for a holistic approach, that is one thing that's super important. Met Jessica, the founder of Simply B, a couple of years ago. We've been talking and finally figured out a way that like the partnership made sense and really excited. They're a great team, great culture, and love what they're doing. And so I've become a customer myself and we're building it out, building a lot of people's personal brands. All right. Well, there you go. Are you using Simply B to get onto the MarTech podcast? Is that who was your PR rep to get you here? Or is no, that was not. But different team. We've got the relationship at this point, I think. All right. I was going to say, well, thank them for me for inviting you back. Well, we've covered a lot of what you've been doing. And I think some of that probably leads into what the consumer marketing trends are. Just off the top of my head, you said we're AI enabled. And that was one of the things that led your company description. I'm assuming that artificial intelligence is one of the big consumer trends. Personal branding, you know, give me the laundry list of what are some of the things that you think are going to be critical for specifically consumer marketing in 2024? Yeah, you know, it's early to tell, but what I'm seeing right now is the 22 and 23 were what I didn't coin this term, but I thought it was great is the great maybe where nobody could make a decision and everybody was like kind of trying stuff, but didn't feel the tailwinds, didn't feel the growth initiatives. You saw very, it's like, this is not my opinion. Like everybody focused on profitability, not growth. And how do I get way more profitable? How do I manage a business better? And so that's what the sort of year was, the couple years were defined as which also slowed people's desire to go start new marketing initiatives, try new things, build out. We saw much less adoption on the SaaS side. People were not hiring as many softwares. Growth slowed in that sector. Since the beginning of the year, which again, it's only a month and change in, we've seen a tone change where people, I think, started this year in a very different place than they started the past two, where it's like, what are we going to do to grow this year? Like, I think every business owner is impatient now. They want to get back to growth. They want to get back to that riding high, which that's what drives the economy. So we're generally the canary in the coal mine, and we're seeing a ton of growth in progress right now. So I am cautiously optimistic that this year is going to end up being a very big growth year for a lot of people, because it's all self-inflicted. I think people didn't grow as much the past years because they didn't try to. And now, as people lean back into it, I think the economy will start to lift. So we had the interest rate hikes over the last year or so, which was one of the reasons why brands were focused on profitability because money was hard to come by. Are you seeing there are macro trends? I mean, I think that there's a partially fair statement that money was hard to come by, but I think it was more just people trying to rationalize the change where it's like, again, 5% interest is nothing crazy. That's not an absurd place to be. But when you've had zero, you're like, wait, what do we, we have to pay for money now? And it's been a decade of that. So I think it was resetting, not necessarily like an access problem. The expectations change as a result of the interest rate changes and whether 5% interest rates are high or not. I, I hear what you're saying, but my point is that the interest rates were the leader of the change towards a focus in profitability. Now you're saying that people are starting to think more about growth. Is that because most of the companies have now figured out how to optimize for profitability? So when they put their dollars into growth, they're getting more out of it? I don't know if they're getting more out of it. Again, if you do it right, you should get returns on growth. And I talk about this with my own marketing team, where it's like, we try to keep a percentage of revenue that we spend on marketing. But if it works, you can spend more money. Like when marketing works well, which thankfully it does usually for us, keep going, keep growing because it produces so we can pay for more. So what I've seen is people pull back to a point that it's actually self-inflicted either a growth slowdown or even a decline in revenue, which we saw a lot of companies decline in revenue in 22 because they pulled back so hard that they didn't realize how much of that was driving their top line. 
So now we're seeing people kind of go the other way where it's like we can be a little aggressive right now because we want to get back to that growth stage and go back to seeing top line growth and building out a bigger business. Hopefully a balance between driving top line growth while also retaining some profitability. Yeah. Maintaining profitability is obviously really important, but understanding the sales cycle period so that you know that you spend marketing dollars and sales dollars today, it's not like it shows up today. You need to understand the sort of time period that's going to pass for that payback period and and manage to that as well. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So when you think about the marketing channels that are starting to fuel that growth, what do you think are the key trends for consumer marketing in 2024? What are the key channels for consumer marketing in 2024? You know, it's funny, mostly the same. And everyone's always looking for this new shiny thing that we can jump on and get ahead of the market and all that. And honestly, in marketing, I think that's mostly a fallacy. So like I could tell you, you know, the Vision Pro from Apple, get into that and start marketing on it. And honestly, I don't even know what the adoption is going to be, but like, don't do that. That's a waste of time. Take 90% of your marketing and put into what's scalable, repeatable, that's predictable, and you can build a business off of. And that's still Google, Meta, some TikTok. It depends on the business, obviously. But email marketing, SMS is still really powerful. Like it's a lot of the up the fairway stuff is what you should really be building out on and finding ways to scale on the channels that work. And then spend like 10% of your time on the more viral, like experimental stuff, time and money. So I would not be aggressively jumping into any new type of channels right now. I do think CTV is starting to show a lot of promise, but it's still not quite as trackable and manageable as it should be, but I think it'll get there. All right. So the vast majority of your budget should be predictable, steady marketing channels. You mentioned Meta, Google, Facebook, let's throw TikTok in there, a lot of social advertising, a lot of PPC. And then you said experimental and things like CCTV. Talk to me about content production, creators, influencers, where does that fit into the mix here? I like influencers to build trust, even though they have to disclose that it's sponsored. I think it still works to have that third-party validation. They can create great content. Very big influencers sometimes can give you a jump in sales because you reach their audience. But 
it's the Wild West still. It's not going to be the main place you scale a company to a significant size. I think it's a great complement. It's a great part of the marketing mix. But people that are planning on that being the main driver, I think it has a lot of benefits, but it can't be the only thing you do on marketing. Talk to me about the use of artificial intelligence. You mentioned that the channels are relatively the same. Maybe there's some experimenting happening on the back end and CCTV being one of those sort of growth drivers. But there's a new way of doing things. Everybody's thinking about being more efficient by having Arnold Schwarzenegger and Skynet take over. How much are we relying on artificial intelligence to help us with marketing? And how much is this actually still human driven? I think the best metaphor, my favorite metaphor for AI is it's a bunch of 17-year-old interns working for you. It's great to get a bunch of grunt work done, but you still need a senior person to look over it and manage it because you can't just outsource everything to it. So that's both on the analytical and the creative side. Like the data side, we pull a ton of data really quickly now. And like our Hawk AI is this great benchmarking, performance marketing, you know, predictive analytics tool that we've built. But it, when we're looking at things, it still takes an expert's eye to then look it over because if not, there's so many nuances. Just data collection, as an example, can be a problem oh my God, you're doing horribly on Facebook. And then we go, look, and it's like, no, that's just not connected, right? That's not tracking correctly. Or vice versa, your conversion rate on your site is 100% over the rest of the market. And we're like, that seems off. Let me go look into why that's reporting. Oh, it's not actually tracking every visitor correctly. There's things that you still need to correct to make sure because it's the crap in, crap out thing, problem with data. And that's the data side. The creative side, Right now, MidJourney, I'd say, is in the forefront of that creative AI side of things. And they can create some really cool stuff, but it looks like a MidJourney piece. And so over time, I think it will get better. But right now, an AI-generated image looks like an AI-generated image. So when you're trying to have a pattern interrupt or some sort of like get people's attention, I'm seeing it now on like Instagram. For a while, they got a ton of interest because it was new. And now everybody spots AI and goes, I hate this. Like, stop it. I've seen it with people posting fake houses, cars, all these different things, fake people, where it's like, check out this cool car, and it's some supercar that's been modded out and looks different. And then you realize, like, that's not a real thing. That's just AI. And people are actually annoyed by it. So I think that's going to actually produce adverse effects if you use it in the wrong way right now. But over time, I think it will help build imagery and will help augment the way we work. But there was a lot of talk and headlines when Adobe Photoshop came out that that's the death of the art director. Everyone's always looking for these binary outcomes where, oh, that's it. Everything's gone. When driverless cars came out, that's it. We're going to have zero truck drivers ever again. By 2025 was the prediction. We're now less than a year away from that. How does that look like in terms of likelihood? So human adoption moves way slower. By the time humans adopt and change with what's going on, usually so many new things open up. I think there's a lot of anxiety around what's coming with AI and how things are going to shift in the marketing space and in every space. And in my opinion... I always look at it, it's a level playing field. Everyone's going to be working with the same things. We're all going to adopt at similar rates. And obviously, there's going to be the early adopters that are going to like be playing with the stuff, but they're also going to be super distracted with a bunch of stuff that isn't worthwhile. And somewhere along the line, it's going to even out to be like, this is how best practices, how we can function with it. And I think it's going to be a good thing because I think people are going to end up being way more efficient because of it. I've described the phase that we're in with artificial intelligence as the sandwich phase. Human interacts with AI, AI returns results, human fixes results. Now you have something that can be published. It's that middleware of producing an output where artificial intelligence can be great for a first draft, not a final draft. Great for an edit, still needs polish. When you think about where we are in 2024 and some of the consumer marketing trends, you mentioned artificial intelligence, not ready for prime time in terms of doing things for us, but a great assistant. It's a 17-year-old intern at scale. 
What are some of the marketing channels or if you look at your crystal ball by the end of the year that you think are going to be more exciting and worth paying attention to now? Again, CTV, I think, and I do think AI, I think that's where I'm most interested in is, and again, I don't think that much changes year to year. People seem to have this concept that marketing is changing all the time. I think things are popping up all the time that could potentially change marketing. But in terms of actual major shifts, it took most major companies a decade to shift into social media from Facebook ads launching to companies adopting it was really during COVID when the major brands really leaned into it. So having a social media presence is different, but I'm talking about budget spends. I think it was 2019 or 2020 was when digital spend at finally outpaced traditional. It's like, that's a long time. So as far as this year, I think, again, looking at CTV, connected TV, and looking at how that's going to progress and how that could help your brand. I know Mountain is an example, which is one of the bigger providers, is launching their SMB side of things too. So companies can start to dabble in it a little more. So I think there's going to be interesting things that come from that. But I think right now with what I have is it's going to be a year more growth focused. I think people are going to be leaning back into, we haven't had huge top line growth in these consumer brands the past couple of years. And I think they're going to start looking to it again. A year of growth focus. Hopefully that's good news for us marketers. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Eric Huberman, the CEO of Hawk Media, for joining us. Join us again tomorrow when Eric and I continue our conversations talking about his predictions for the MarTech industry. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Eric, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, basically everywhere under his handle, Eric Huberman. That's E-R-I-K-H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N. Or you can visit his company's website, which is hawkmedia.com, H-A-W-K-E media.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be the next guest speaker on the Martech podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook where you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.